Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs, hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc., featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to... Pastor Joseph E. Terry Jr. And we are bringing you Save the Lost at All Costs. Now, Minister Nina is out of town, but she'll be back next week. So you are stuck with me today. (laughs) And my guest, Minister Rico Diamante. Yay! Uh, If you are watching as we stream live, you will see us waving at you. And we hope that you're listening and that you're encouraging someone else to listen. If you want to call us, you can make a call direct or toll-free. The direct number or local number is 702-650-5588. Again, that number is 702-650-5588. And the toll-free number is 1-800-366-8883. Again, 1-800-366-8883. We want to remind you that you can tune in to KKVV 1060 AM or 100.1 FM to hear us on the radio today. You might want to call someone you know and share that information with them so that they can be listening. And you can also view us in studio if you are watching as we stream live at www.kkvv.com. If you've missed any previous broadcast and you'd like to uh, listen to those, you can also listen at Save the Lost at All Costs' website at www.savethelost.com. LV.org. Again, that's www.savethelostlv.org. And of course, again, you can watch us as we're streaming live in the studio. You can listen to KKVV 1060 AM and 101.1 FM's radio station anytime on your cell phone by dialing. One six zero five three one three zero six three zero. Again, that number for listening on the cell phone. One six zero five three one three zero six three zero. And we're looking forward to you calling in because this is a live show. We receive calls. We'd like you to call and comment. Give your input, your feedback, and pray that you will be blessed by what is being spoken of 
on this show. So take time to tune in and make sure you got some people sitting next to you that you know need to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Pastor Terry, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Also, uh, Nina always give a, a Greek word. That's right. And so she want me to give a Greek word. And I didn't look it up in the Strong's and get the location. But you can do that if you have an exhaustive uh, concordance, a Strong's exhaustive concordance. Uh, you can look up the word approved. And the word for that in the original language of Greek is dokumato. And what it means is to prove by testing. In other words, God allows a test in our lives, but often that is so we will be approved. Amen. Proved by testing. Hmm. So if you are in the New Testament anywhere and you run across the word approve, all you have to do is go to the strong exhaustive concordant, locate that word approved, see which um, chapter and verse the word is in. You'll get a number. You'll go to that number in the Greek dictionary, and you will find it. Again, the word is dokimazo, and it's D-O-K-I-M-A-Z-O. Now, I'm doing this from memory. Dokimazo. Yeah. Amen. So that is the Greek word for today. Now, I want to encourage you to... Get your Bible, listen in. If I say something you disagree with, by all means, call in, present it to me. But you need your Bible. Because if you're going to prove me wrong about something, you need to be able to support it with the Word of God. That's the way I operate. If I'm speaking from my position or what I feel or what I think, I'll tell you that. But when it's God's word, I will tell you, and here's what scripture says. So today's topic happens to be teaching the body of Christ. There's a real problem, Brother Rico, Hmm. concerning the lack of teaching in the local church body. It really has little to nothing to do with denomination because if the truth be told regardless of denominational preferences there's really literally no genuine interest in regards to teaching the people of God and I I don't get it I don't understand why that's the case you mean like the Pentecostals the Baptists right let me take time to shout out to some folks um my lovely wife, I know she's listening. Hi, Sister Desi. And um, I want to shout out to uh, Pastor Charles Marshall of New Bethel Pastor Baptist Marshall. Church. You know, and one of the things that really encouraged me uh, to cover this topic today is here's a man who said, Look, God's given me various gifts. I teach, but I want to take this to another level. 
if you come in with the kind of training you've had and the gift that God's given you to teach and we put our gifts together, it'll make the church much better. That's wisdom. Absolutely. Wisdom. Mm. Right now, he's laying in the hospital. Pastor Marshall? Yes, as we speak. And I want to send a shout out to him, to his lovely wife, Deborah, and let them know that we're praying. I want the listening audience to be in prayer for this man of God Hmm. who, like you said, has the wisdom to put his church on the priority list of things in his life. He wants the church to be better. Hmm. Now, a lot of the pastors in Las Vegas and, you know, other places, they're not really concerned about that. And, and listen, I don't want anybody out there to get the impression that every pastor has to, you know, graduate from Bible college and seminary. No, that's not necessary. But here's the thing. Having the wisdom to know if you don't have the training, bring somebody in who does so that you can have a much greater impact on the community. We first have to train and educate those who are with us in the word so that we can grow spiritually. But once that happens and we're spiritually fit, now we can go out into the community and we can start recruiting people and bringing them in and training them. Really, that's what the Great Commission was all about. But it appears that there's more interest in who's in charge or who has the authority than it is about what we need to do as a united church body to grow people. And this is why I have such respect for this man, because he had the, in, in my opinion, the full effect of the Holy Ghost that had more influence on what he could do to better the congregation not himself, but the congregation. Everybody's a win-win situation when that happens. So I would like to make reference to a statement or statements made by Dr. John MacArthur concerning practical concerns in the local church. You can find this interview that Dr. MacArthur was a part of at this website. It's www dot g t y dot org forward slash library forward slash sermons dash library forward slash capital G capital T capital Y 135 practical dash concerns dash in dash the local it's a dash between the and local and then a dash between local and church dash a n and dash interview dash with dash john dash macarthur i believe it's important that when we speaking concerning information we received from someone that we give that person's name and give them credit for it and also give the location of where that information can be found. Amen. Amen. When asked 
about some of the practical concerns in the local church today, Dr. MacArthur had this exhortation to share with the reader, and I quote, I want to read Hebrews thirteen seventeen, which is a familiar text that says, Obey your leaders and submit to them for their keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So there's a command there to be obedient to the leaders of the church. And yet, we know that there are churches where leaders are abusive and take advantage of what they think is God-given authority and actual abuse. They actually abuse the sheep. First, I need to say this, and this is the bottom line. No preacher by virtue of his calling has any authority. I possess absolutely no authority by virtue of my calling over anybody, anytime. I don't have a right to rule people. I don't have a right to rule the leadership of the church. I don't have any right to make decisions about everything. The only authority that I possess. It's not academic because I'm better trained. It's not because of my calling to preach and teach. It's not because I'm called the senior pastor. The only authority I have at all in the church is the delegated authority that comes through the word of God. And Unquote. Unquote. Because I want to make a comment here. Everything is based on the word of God. It doesn't matter from the pulpit to the pews. Everything we do should be based on the word of God. Amen? Amen. You agree? Yes, sir. Amen. Because when we get into doing things our way, and when we get into doing things based on how we feel, or when we get to doing things based on some type of class distinction, in other words, well, for certain people we do certain things, for others we we don't do those things, and, and it could be based on well how much this person can give versus how little this person can give. Oh, it, listen, okay, because a lot of what happens is based on that. Now I'm going to continue with the quote from John MacArthur. The only time I can ever speak authoritatively about anything is when I speak the word of God. Again, the word of God. Amen. That, that, that was my quote there, uh, my rendering. Again, the word of God. Back to the quote. I don't have authority to say, you become this, you do this, you go over here, you do this, paint this room green, buy this property, whatever. And I've never exercised authority in those ways. I don't have authority over people's lives. God has authority over the life of his church. That authority is basically from his word and by his spirit. 
I'm simply the instrument to tell people what the word says and what it means. So that is the only authority that I have. End of quote. Here's the problem. Back to me. Here's the problem with actually carrying out Dr. MacArthur's approach to leading the people. Maybe at grace to you church, because that's his church, scripture is being taught to the congregants. But many churches that consider themselves members of the ecumenical order or community of churches are not teaching the word of God. If we refer back to a statement that Dr. MacArthur made, he admits that he has formal training. It's not academic because I'm better trained. And it's a quote. It's not academic because I'm better trained. He said that. We know in this last quoted statement of Dr. MacArthur's, he was expounding on the nature of authority and who the authority belonged to. And of course, it belongs to God and God alone. Amen? Amen. However, Dr. MacArthur and those like him who has had formal training are teaching pastors. And the congregants are being taught the word of God. When I say teaching pastors, I don't mean they're teaching other pastors. I mean they are teaching pastors. They are pastors who teach. Amen? Amen. I got you now. Amen. Since I am a person of color, it concerns me deeply that the churches that are predominantly African American or consist of blacks spend so little energy and effort in really teaching the word of God. Now, there would be some that would object to me because that's not all those churches. But I'd say all that I've been to, I'd say 90% of them fall into this category. I'm sure questions are being asked as to why this is the case. First, there are very few leaders in these churches that find formal training necessary. Second, I've often been told when I go into one of these churches where no one is teaching, and I quote, we don't need to know all that stuff. I've been told that. <laughs> I've been told that. Minister Rico, you know you know that. Yes, I do. Can I read um, Hosea? Go ahead. Go ahead. Chapter 4, verse 6. Amen. This is very important, what the pastor is talking about right now. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So he's saying right there, everything he's saying, it's very, very important. Man, it is this. of the utmost importance. And I just read it right there in the book. Of amen, amen, amen. Um this is one way of downplaying the necessity of taking the initiative to acquire formal training when they say, well, we don't need to know all that stuff. Matter of fact, there was one church that I was fellowshipping with here, and we were in a Bible study, and I mentioned to the chairman of the deacon board 
that I wanted to bring another level of teaching to the church. And he told me, we don't need to go any further than we are with the teaching. He says, we're a small church. The the, the thought that came to my mind was, you want to stay small? (laughs) And we're not talking about bringing in as many people as we can because if we bring in more people, we bring in money. But what impact, what impact are we having on the community? What impact are we having when it comes to the kingdom work? What impact are we having when it comes to the kingdom agenda? If we're just satisfied with who's there, and we don't really want to grow too much more because, see, if other people come in, that means things are going to change. Other people are going to be called to do certain ministry and everything. And I don't want you to come in and upset the apple cart. You know, don't come in because you might get chosen ahead of me and all that. All of that's nonsense. We all ought to be working together to achieve the same thing. And the last time that I read over in Matthew chapter 28 and 19, it says, well, King King James says, go and teach all nations. The Revised Standard Version says, go and make disciples of all nations. Of course, the word teach there is not didasco, uh, what we're used to seeing when we're talking about teaching, because it's talking about instruction, but is the word methetus, or methetuo, which is talking about uh, recruiting people to become learners who will become teachers. That's good. That's deep. So one way of downplaying the necessity for teaching is we don't need to know all that stuff. Their version of teaching is reading from some watered-down Sunday school or Bible study commentary that has no challenging content that would force the reader to research and study God's Word. That's what need to happen. Man... I'm 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 about to get ahead of myself here. Finally, finally. The pastor doesn't have to be the one with the training. But these pastors are more interested in how much money they can get their hands on until they will not even bring anyone in to teach who has formal training because they might have to, you know, compensate them. The thing is is if we really think if we really think objectively If we bring somebody in who has the capability of taking it to another level, then now you open it up for individuals to come to you who may be people who are educated. Now you're getting that kind of element. And with those people, they have, most of them, great jobs, careers, or businesses And they can bring resources into the church. Listen, anybody listening out there that has done any ministry know it takes money to do ministry. And the church, while the church is ministering to the spiritual needs of people, the church also has a business side. Amen? Am I making any sense here? Amen? Amen? And so we need to make sure... That what we're doing is addressing both issues. Here are some passages 
that emphasize the importance of obtaining the knowledge of Scripture and the downfall of failing to do so. You already gave us Hosea 4 and 6. I think that's a pretty powerful, and to me, it's a tremendous responsibility if you fall short of it. Because the last thing it said, I also will forget your children. Yeah. That's your posterity, your your, your descendants. The, you, you know, that there's, it's a setup. That's a warning, right? Absolutely. That's a warning. And that's scripture. Absolutely. Oh, Isaiah 5.13, listen to what it says. And I quote, Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. So they're hungry and they're thirsty. And it says they have no knowledge. Why? Well, because, for one, they're not open to receive it. We know this is dealing with uh, when Jeremiah preached to them for 23 years uh, to get their act together. And, of course, they ignored him. He didn't save not one person. Uh, Well, no, these were taken into captivity by the Chaldeans to Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. But this went on for... Hundreds of years. Amen. So here's an exhortation from Isaiah. Another passage from Isaiah 27.11. When its bows are withered, they will be broken off. Bows of branches. The women come and set them on fire. For it is a people of no understanding. Therefore, he who made them will not have mercy on them, and he who formed them will show them no favor. Isaiah twenty-seven eleven. The statement in this previous message or verse out of chapter twenty-seven, Isaiah chapter twenty-seven, verse eleven, indicates the tremendous cost of ignorance. Now you know there's some folks out there listening and they really don't like what I'm what I'm saying. Somebody needs to say it. But you're reading I'm scripture. the guy you love to hate. Somebody needs to address this because it's sickening to me. My heart breaks. Don't get mad at Pastor Terry, he's just reading scripture. My heart breaks when I think of my people mm. and how you can have you know desire you can you could be fired up you could be motivated you know what I mean mm-hmm. but that is just part of it we got to spend time with God and when I'm making a statement like spending time with God I'm not talking about just prayer matter of fact if we're really sincere about prayer and meditation, we would meditate more than we pray because God is omniscient, knows everything, and I know little. Who needs to do the most talking, me or God? I need to be cautious on how much time I spend praying versus how much time I spend listening to God. 
respond to my prayer. And he, we know he always answers prayer, right? You know, it's just that there's three ways. Yes, no, and wait. Can't get any more simple than that. But we have to, at some point, realize that if we're going to get stronger, if we're going to be overcomers, Regardless of what the struggle is, some folks are struggling with health problems. Some people are struggling with addiction. And, you know, when we talk about addiction, is, as my book indicates, when whenever we go to it, you know, that addiction could be a myriad of things. It could be a plethora of things. It's not just drugs and alcohol. You know, there's people I know who struggles with uh, pornography and and and. The addiction they have to that, they say, is, is, is worse than one they've had to drugs or alcohol. Mm. Amen? Amen. I'm just telling you it's, it's what's out, out there. there. But it's if rougher. we got the word, if we have some word in us, we can become overcomers. We can overcome anything. But we need the word of God. Somebody has to teach it. Amen? Amen. We can keep showing up for Sunday school and Bible studies and having quaint conversations and being able to give input like I know something and like I know what I'm talking about, but have no power. Once we get into the depth, we're talking about something with depth and weight. When we get into the depth of God's word, it creates power. Amen? Amen. Listen to what Deuteronomy 32.28 says. For they are a nation void of counsel, nor is there any understanding in them. Deuteronomy 32, 28. This is the result of no teaching. Now when we have the teaching, there are also those who won't come to be taught. There's nothing you can do for somebody who don't want it. But pray for them. But we have to make it available. Amen? You're right. We got to make it available. Because if we don't make it available, then how can they be taught? And to me, this is one of the foundational issues of the contemporary church. And you know what? You can look at this across denominational lines. You can look at this if you if you're looking at the Roman Catholic Church, or you're looking at the Pentecostal Church, or you're looking at the Baptist or the Methodist, the Episcopalian, the Apostolic. We could go on and on and on. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what the denomination is. We got to break out the '66 shooter. We got to be armed and dangerous. The 66 shooter? That's right. I like that. We got to be armed and dangerous. I like that. When we are, the devil is never going to stop coming at us. Hmm. But when he comes, he'll have to get more creative (laughs) if we're armed. And when I say armed and dangerous, I mean that nobody can just walk up to you and feed you any wind of doctrine. They have to know what they're talking about or you can check them. You know, you got individuals out here teaching that all religions lead to one God. How ludicrous is that? Because I don't know one other religion. And and when I say other religion, let me 
uh, be clear on that, that Christianity is not a religion, it's a faith. And it's developed through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The living God. Matter of fact, John 14 and 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Heaven does not have a back door, only a front door. Jesus is the one taking tickets. You don't pass by him. You don't get in. I love it when you and say I that. don't know why people keep trying on, to peddle this heretic doctrine out here that there's other ways to get to heaven. There's people who believe it. I know. I, I just lost a, a close friend because that's what he believes. And I had to read him his rights. <laughs> if you call yourself a preacher and you don't know the word of God, or you don't believe the word of God, then you cannot be a preacher of this gospel. Amen. Amen. You may not know all the scriptures in it, but you at least have to believe the ones that you do know. And if you don't, you can't call yourself a preacher of this gospel. John fourteen six is pretty cut and dry. Let me tell you something. Let, let's look at what Paul has to say about folks who want to try to switch up and go to another gospel. Yeah, we go into Galatians. Galatians. Yeah, Galatians chapter Let's try chapter 6. Let's see what he Let's see what he says. You know what? Back it up. Let's go to chapter 1. Let's let, let's go to chapter 1. And we're going we gonna to start at verse 6. Galatians chapter 1? Yeah. We're going to start at verse 6. Apostle Paul. Can you read that, the Brother Rico? Yes, sir. Out of the King James? Yes, sir. By the way, I'm reading Pastor Terry's Bible right here. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. No, go to verse 6. Oh, verse 6. Yeah, we're going to save time. Okay. Verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto other gospel. Oh, hold on. Unto another gospel, my bad. Some versions would say, I'm astonished. Mm. Okay? In other words, Paul's saying, I'm about to lose my wig here. <laughs> okay? Are you kidding me? Go ahead, read it again. <laughs> Verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. They heard the gospel. They heard it right. But they don't spend time studying and they don't spend time meditating. And moreover, they aren't sharing it, amen, with others. So guess what? The next guy who comes along sounds pretty good. They jump on that bandwagon. Go ahead, keep reading. Verse seven, which is not another, but there must, but there be some trouble. You take your time. And read it again. Read it again. Okay, which is not another. Okay, this once again. Start again. over from verse six and read through Galatians chapter chapter. Yeah, verse seven. Which is chapter not, one. Chapter one, verse seven. No, start at verse six. Read through. Okay, six again. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Wow. Do you hear what it's saying? 
there be some that would pervert you. So actually, when people are pushing a heretic gospel, it's perversion. According to Paul. Like all paths lead to heaven. We know that's not true. That's perverting the gospel. Amen. Amen. Keep reading. Verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Accursed. Now watch this. Now this is this is deep. Wow. This is deep. Wow. This is deep. If anybody comes to you, an angel, <laughs> even if I come and I preach any other gospel, it says, let him be accursed. The word accursed comes from the word anathema. anathema. It means totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. And we got individuals who will stand in pulpits and we got individuals who will stand uh, at the merchant's entrance and give you magazines that pervert, that bring another gospel. The one uh, that, that Paul's talking about that was delivered to them, uh, the true gospel being perverted. And it says, let them be accursed. And folk want to get mad at us when we share this stuff. This is Paul. Not me. I'm just reading what he said. That's right. Read verse 9. Verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now, Now, for the benefit of those who do it when they don't really know it, there are individuals that their intention is not to pervert, but because of their lack of training and because they refuse to take time to be trained. They refuse to take time to study the God, the Word of God. They refuse to take time to sit under somebody who can teach them the true gospel. Then they misspeak. They misquote. They misinterpret. Here's another one that's, that, that is widely popular out here. Everybody has their own interpretation. Not if they're following the word of God. They don't. Turn to Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter... Chapter 1. Chapter 1. Yes, sir. Go down to verse 18. Verse 18. The Word of God says, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Verse 19. Yeah. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Keep reading. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of this scripture is of any private interpretation. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. That means, look, 
You don't have your personal method of interpreting. And here's the thing. This is something that churches ought to really be teaching. Uh, hermeneutics, which is the scientific method for interpreting scripture. It, it, it ought to be happening. That's what I introduce to people when I first go into a setting and I'm starting a Bible study. I help people to understand that scripture is figurative and literal speech. Then I go over the genres of scripture. You know, you, 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 metaphors, similes, hyperboles, imagery. I explain that when we read, we can't just take for granted that the words we understand in English, that's what they mean when it comes to either the Hebrew, which is the Old Testament, or Greek, the New Testament, because it, it's you can take the word power as three different meanings. Hmm. You read from... Uh, the gospel according to St. John chapter 1 and, and verse 12 where it says, And as many as uh, received him, to them gave he power. Well, that word is uh, ex, uh, exousia, which it, it, it means authority. But if you go over to Acts 1 and 8 where he says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and then to the uttermost parts. So at home, in the community, and then... Uh, missions international across the waters or whatever but he said power there the word power there is 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 uh the word dunamis which is where we get the word dynamite or it, it's talking about might or ability same word power two different meanings depending on the passage see we man we have got to get serious about teaching the word of god and the folks that sit under us need to understand that they can grow and grow. There's no cap, no limit on growth. It don't stop once you reach a certain age. We grow till God calls us home. Hmm. And when we grow, we're more apt to go. And that is to reach out to others. That is get involved in the kingdom agenda. By doing the kingdom work. Carry the message. That's right. That's right. I mean, man, we could we could go on and on. I tell you what, verse twenty, man. That's... Go ahead, read it. Second Peter verse one, verse twenty, once again, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. That's right. Wow. And here it is. It's not mine. I didn't right. create it. God breathed into me the word. Just like he breathed into that dust over in Genesis 2 and 7, the breath of life, and it became a living soul or being, he breathed into the prophet. He breathed into the apostle. Uh, if you look at 2 Timothy 3.16, where it says, All, All scripture is given God. by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. And and, uh, and I believe the, uh, the instruction in righteousness is uh that might be uh 17 but in verse 16 that word inspiration the word theonoustos is talking about god breathe if you read it from the niv it actually reads that all scriptures god breathe god is eternal what he breathes is eternal the word does not belong to uh peter the word does not belong to paul it was given to them by god Amen. Amen. 
and actually through the Son who is the living word. He's not just the living word. He is the spoken word. He is the written word. He is the word. We were just looking at it right before we started the show, right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Now we know that the King James is not grammatically correct, but we know that the prophecy is is correct. We know that it is infallible. We know it's inerrant. That means no mistakes and no errors. Amen. But the grammar, that's um, uh, what 17th century Elizabethan English. Okay. Now, man, I hope somebody out there is learning something today. That's good. We gotta Um. teach. We wouldn't have the con. Uh oh. <laughs> I gotta call somebody out. We wouldn't have the Kanye West characters. Oh, no. If there was some serious teaching going on, and because I know at some point that young man had been exposed to the gospel. What he did with it, though. There's another story. I want the people that are listening to know my heart goes out for the people of God. And it goes out for all people, not just people of color. It goes out for all people, but especially for people of color because I'm one of them. I got to (laughs) represent. I want you to look at what Paul had to say. Oh, you going to Romans? When he was talking about his people. <clears throat> We're in Romans chapter 1. Well, you know what? No. 10. Romans chapter 10. Okay. Romans chapter 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Listen to what Paul says. Romans 10 and 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Verse 2. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. (coughs) Once again. Read it from the King James. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Verse 2, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. See, that is it. How do you get knowledge? By teaching. Mm -hmm. And it don't stop with knowledge. It goes further than that. Because once we obtain knowledge, knowledge alone is not worth it much if it don't help somebody. But knowledge becomes wisdom when we do what we know. Just knowing is not enough. <laughs> yep. When we know what the word says, then somehow we've got to come to terms with doing what it says. Now that's wisdom. But then the word of God tells us that we need to go even a step further. That not only do we need 
knowledge. Not only do we need wisdom, but it says above all, understanding. But the whole process starts with teaching. Being open and willing to be taught. And then somebody will say, well that stuff's over my head. Or that's too complicated. Listen. When we were children and they sent us off to school and we went into a classroom, when we walked in the classroom, we didn't know anything. You tell me what classroom does not have a teacher. There was a teacher there for a reason. So that teacher could teach us the things we didn't know. It's the same thing in the word of God. We don't know all of this stuff. Well, stake around. Open your heart and mind, your ears and eyes. Listen and see what God is saying. Now let me go ahead because we we about to run out of time here. I want to just share this. Here are some passages continually exhorting study and guidance in the form of teaching. I already told you about Matthew 28, 19. Of course, I didn't quote verse 20 where it says, Teaching them to observe all things I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And of course, the word teaching there is the word didasco uh, from the word deo, which means to learn. But this is one who will learn and become a teacher as well. And then there's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have learned from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, not just men, but men and women. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Again, this previous passage emphasizes the importance of teaching others who will be able to teach upcoming generations, and that appears to be missing in our contemporary congregations today. Very rarely do we see an exhaustive Bible teaching class going on with the current generations. It appears to become less and less important after Generation X. And truth be told, not many of the Xers really had many to look up to for serious teaching in an ecumenical setting. 2 Timothy 2.15, and this is the Revised Standard Version, quote, Be diligent to preserve... Present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, and that's the New King James Version. I really prefer the King James rendering. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, King James Version. And people want to know why church membership is declining. It's simple. We've got to focus on teaching, educating believers with the word of God. Doesn't matter how eloquently somebody speak. Doesn't matter how many piffy sayings they can come up with. We got to get with the preachers and the deacons and teach them uh, just general homiletics. Okay. Uh, uh, The art of preaching. Amen. I mean... You know, I could go on and on about this. If it's anybody out there and you're listening to this broadcast, because we didn't get any calls today, <laughs> we, you know, and, and I thought maybe I'd get a couple of them. You know, if, if maybe I just, if, if somebody got upset with me, I'd get a call, but we didn't get any. But if you're listening to this program and you've never made 
a conscious choice to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Master and above everything Savior, you need to do that and you need to do it today. And it's a simple prayer. You pray and you confess that He is Lord, not just over people who want Him to be, but over everybody. He's Lord over all. He, he rose from the dead. You believe in Him as your Savior and you're receiving Him. And it's that simple. Lord Jesus, I confess, you're Lord, you rose from the dead. Come to my life, be my Lord, be my master, most of all, be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, you are saved. Find your local church that teaches the Bible. You can come to New Bethel, 400 West Adams, right on D Street, the corner of D Street and Adams, right before you get to Washington. We're teaching there. We are turning the tide. We are changing the atmosphere on the west side. If nobody else will teach, we will. We want to thank you for listening. And we thank you for your support. If you support this ministry. And we want to tell you that among and above everything that you ought to save the lost at all costs. Shout out to Sister Nina. Amen. Amen. We love you, Sister Nina. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live-called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.